It's almost here. In motion is Patton. It's going to be that trap play to Garbarino up the middle. That's a 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown! Big outs! Cooper Garbarino, 77 yards. We're closing in on the start of Big Elk football, which means Big Elk TV will be on the air before you know it. Wynn and Garza are the running backs. Jones under center. Austin, snap, turn, hand out to win. Jaden piles toward. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. You'll be able to watch and see if Coach Maynard's brown and white clad Elks can continue their winning ways. Snap back, play action, lobs it toward the end zone. He's got a man. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. Tucker Garza. To get your business on the Big Elk TV screen, call 225-9696 or stop by our office at 220 South Pioneer. Throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Calc with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good whoa Monday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM. The Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the rest of the hour. Man, what a weekend it was. Craziness all over the sporting landscape. Uh, baseball, the fight between Jose Ramirez, Tim Anderson. Have you ever seen... A punch land like that? There's only one that comes to mind. It, well, it, it, but Batista at least didn't go down. No, he didn't go down. And, and the, I've just never seen somebody melt in baseball like that. Oh uh, yeah, those are the two, like the cleanest. Well, and then of course when you know Nolan Ryan was just dad and dadding up on a Robin Ventura. Uh, but golly, it, it was crazy. And the radio call. I hadn't heard this. I haven't heard the radio call. You haven't heard it yet? No. I'm efforting. I think I found it. I'm just waiting on the the internet to Catch up. load it. Yes. Okay. It's an awesome. I mean, it is just awesome. So there was that. Your Rangers, <clears throat> the lone undefeated team since the trade deadline in baseball. There's a bunch of teams that are defeated. Like four teams haven't won a game since. The Angels, one of them. But the Rangers undefeated, and look out for Will's Cubs. Cubbies the are Cubbies are coming on. Fifteen of nineteen won the series against the Bravos over the weekend. And the Cubs are going to be a force, I'm afraid, to be reckoned with down the stretch in the NL Central. So we've got that. Are we done with conference realignment now? At least for a little bit. After what all happened on Friday, you know when. It seemed like we were getting information every other five minutes on Friday during the show, and it went from the Pac-12 is dead to the Pac-12 is alive to the Pac-12 is dead again. And at this moment, I would say it's fascinating to see what's going to happen with them. Only four members left to start next year. So how do they do what, – what, what do they do? Uh, Big Ten added added two, which is Oregon and Washington. The Big 12 ends up with three more teams, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. And uh, just kind of go through that whole scenario and what's next. Is the ACC next on the chopping block? Or is that all just a bunch of blathering down south? And there's – I don't know. I don't see how that happens. But if you're the Big 12, and there's already – I saw something last night that uh, San Diego State and Oregon State apparently in conversations with the Big 12. Is that wise? Or do you, would you rather, would you, would you want to be in all four time zones? I get it. You know, kind of out of that West Coast time zone. We talked about Arizona when they switch around time wise and all that. But you're really off the West Coast at the moment. 
San Diego State and Oregon State would change that. Apparently ESPN is a little bit upset with kind of being out of the West Coast time zone at the moment. Or do you just kind of wait to poach some more teams from the East, a la the ACC if something crazy happens, to to make the travel a little easier for, say, UCF, West Virginia, Cincinnati, kind of give them some partners on their on their end of the the United States. I, I don't know. Uh, just I guess it depends on what you think about the ACC. And then we're finally going to talk about on the how does this affect? How does all this change the way the twelve team playoff looks starting next year? Or does it? Um, then figure out how Jared's weekend was. U.S. Women's National Team, maybe less, uh, maybe less talking, a little bit more action. Worst they've ever done by far at a World, World Cup. They've never been worse than third. And went out in the the very first knockout stage. Didn't score a goal in the final like two hundred and fifty minutes of the tournament. O- only could beat Vietnam. It's the only game they won. Are you sad to see them go? Are is there a hope out there? I know there is for me at least. There's a hope to get more of the Mia Hamm U.S. women's soccer team, less of the Megan Rapinoe version. Will that change because the, some of those gals are starting to phase out? You can hit that. And then also in golf, man, what a crazy day it was yesterday. Bryson going nuts, 58. JT missing the playoff by an inch. <laughs> <laughs> the way that that ball bounced off the pin. So, a uh, good weekend all around. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. That is 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things. Whatever else might be on your mind, feel free to chime right in. 225-9698. If you're outside the listening area one of these days, you want to stay in touch with the show, you can do that. Log on to kadsam.com. Download the app. Paragon app has it all, and it's free to do. You got radio, you got the Penny News, Big Elk and Paragon TV. Inching closer and closer to the start of high school football as we move. I mean, heck, school starts. School start over there this week? Thursday. Thursday, that's, way, that's the same thing for, yeah, uh, I think most for right here, here at Oak City. Yeah. I, I believe that maybe even like Raiden started last Thursday. Really? I, yeah. did, I, did, I did not know that. So craziness. Can't believe the summer is gone. How was your weekend, Jared? Uh, busy, busy weekend. What'd you do? Uh, well, it started Friday. Went to the city. Um, Katie and her basketball team playing in the uh, MAYB national tournament in um, in Moore Norman area. Uh, so watched her play Friday night and Saturday morning, and went down to Arlington. Uh, caught a Ranger game. Fun afternoon there. Stayed the night in Arlington. Came back. And uh, wrapped up basketball in the city with Katie and then came home. So, on the road a lot. That was my weekend. It was pretty fun, though. How was your weekend? Um, Spent it with a bunch of Mackies. It was my wife. Uh, well, that sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, went to Fort Cobb Lake yeah. on Friday after work and stayed the weekend. Got back out yesterday uh, afternoon. And just kind of hung out. I, I tell you what, Saturday, and I think maybe I noticed it more because it hasn't been this way very much in the spring, even back in the spring. But the wind blew, yeah, pretty hard, and it had it, it really hasn't blown much this year. You know what I'm saying? It seems like it's been one of the calmer summers I can ever remember. But it wasn't on Saturday, and Fort Cobb Lake felt a lot like. Um, the Gulf of Mexico yeah. when we were at Galveston the other day, you yeah. know, a couple of weeks ago. I mean, it was, I know Travis and then another guy kind of brought the jet skis around the cove when they, where they put them in. And so they were out kind of in the main part of the lake. And the look on his face was like, there was, if I'd have just, the other guy said, if I'd have just sat there, the waves would have went over my head. Above the, I mean, that's how choppy it was. I yeah. mean, you could see, you know, it was still kind of getting into where we were, and we were protected as about as well as you could be. But you could kind of look out and see. I mean, white capping isn't even 
close to describing what was happening. I mean, so it was it was pretty wild. And then, of course, yesterday, because of that, I mean, you really couldn't get out on the lake much. By the time the evening rolled around, we were able to, to kind of get out on the boat and go check the, the jug lines that they had put in the water on Thursday, I think. Yeah. It's, but there wasn't, you know, the kids were tubing. Well, I want a tube, I want a tube. I was like, you can't go tubing. It's too, too choppy. Yeah, it just wouldn't be fun. Yeah. So yesterday morning, uh, it was like glass, and so they got to get back out there and, and do some of that. So yeah. we had to, well, we did that. But anyway, that no, was a great weekend. Uh, fun times were had by all down at the family reunion. I know there was tons of people in town for the for the, the, the all class yeah. reunion. I'm sure that that was a, a hoot. Um, and got a got a big time turnout. I saw a bunch of pictures from that. It seemed like it was pretty well attended there as well. So. Uh, yeah, just kind of a almost. It, it's like the the last hurrah of the summer, it really right? Felt but, that way for us. But, yeah, yeah, before the before school starts, and when I can't wait for you know that routine. Who's not ready for the routine to come back just a little bit? You're not, or well, I am. You are. Yeah, I don't think my kids are. We we told them. Listen, we got to start going to bed earlier mm-hmm. and getting up earlier. We got to get back in that routine of things. But we'll get them there, and they'll. There might be about a week there where they're still kind of getting reacclimated to it. But they they are still young enough to be very excited about going back to school. So I don't think it'll be a problem saying, "Hey, time to go to bed," because tomorrow's first day of school. They'll probably be running to the bed because yeah. you know, a lot of times that's the only time. Sometimes they see their friends. You know, they play sports obviously in the summer, and there's those kids that they play with. But there's some kids that they just don't see until it's school time so they're anxious to get back and, and see those kids and those teachers too should be fun but this weekend did feel like the last hoorah before we get back into that routine yeah no no doubt about it turns um out, it turns out that's the last um <clears throat> basketball tournament for this group um through this little summer thing that we've been doing so like well wow. we didn't know it till afterwards like oh i guess that's it Okay, now we can focus on softball in school and move forward. So, anyways, a lot of fun, though. It was a busy weekend. Felt like I was on the road all the time. Yeah. It was busy, but it was fun. Um, So, over the weekend, the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team goes out in a blaze of glory, or a whimper, as it were, as they lose in penalty kicks yesterday to Sweden. They didn't score a goal in the final well over 200 minutes of the competition. And I think there's outside outside of our outside of ESPN who has just been I mean it almost feels like a little bit of a non-stop Megan Rapino praise session since this happened um i think a lot of people are are okay with it you know we had the discussion about would you root against the usa i I wouldn't go there but i but i damn sure wasn't rooting for them i wasn't shedding a tear no almost even smiles and claps and i'm thinking okay will she just go away with her anti- America views, Rapino. I'm talking about. Will she just go away now? You see, when she was asked her, her favorite moment, what was it of her career of international play or anything or something like that, and it yeah. wasn't an on-field answer. It was chanting equal pay. Equal pay. Go away. Go kneel somewhere else. I truly believe she her her. M- her leadership brought that team down. It weighed it down. I think there's a lot of people, if they're being honest, her presence period was a detriment to this team because not only is the the ancillary stuff around her because of her views and the you know the kneeling and and all that, but she's just not that good anymore. She's gotten old. No, based on and I was thinking, I'm not a follower of this. Of, of women's soccer, I'm not. You know, I'm, I'm barely a follower of, of men's soccer, but I'm starting to pay attention now. I mean, what got more headlines in the soccer world this week? 
even this weekend, Messi's unbelievable performance in Dallas or this. It's kind this. Of, yeah. But I I tend to think on the on-field uh, product that the that the women's national team put out there, yeah, it felt like this was – I always wondered, can they – this is the same thing we've seen four years ago, even eight years ago. At what point do we call them old? What point do we say that you know the other one's going to catch up with them? So I I don't know outside of the political stuff and purple hair and all that stuff. I question the uh, the assembly of this team and the higher ups who put it together and went you know okay this is going to work again for the third time. Again, a whole again, bunch of people did that too that follow it way closer than us. Okay, well a I'm whole glad bunch I didn't, of people I'm, you know and I'm just using um. You know, just just common sense. Like, okay, you know, it's it's hard to win in any sport. It's hard to win at a very high level in any sport and championships and stuff like that. But you can't – there had – I wasn't following it enough to know did they incorporate some of the younger athletes in there or are they leaning too much on what worked in the past. And you've seen that in other sports and other assemblies of teams – yeah, it was good then. Doesn't mean it's good now. You know, thinking in baseball terms, you know, a, a team that you like getting a guy that won the World Series four years ago doesn't mean he's the same guy that won the World Series and the MVP four years ago. You, it could be a shell of himself. So, I question. I think they for the women's national team to get back in four years to that high level. They, I, I don't even know, be in four years. They're gonna have to break it down and rebuild it. Yeah, I mean, uh, Scott knows more about soccer than both of us put together yeah. and he said she had no business being on the team and i think that that is a common opinion amongst the people that are just talking about the soccer and, and the quality of it itself is a, the only reason she's on there is because of the stuff from off the field and i mean if you if you feel about her the way that i do that thing could not have ended any better. All on her shoulders on, on, a P, on a PK, and she's the only person out of 10 that missed. On either on both teams combined, she's the only one that missed. But then to just to see her reaction to missing, it was kind of like a, a giggle. Like, huh, 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 and then the answer afterwards about equal, just go away. And so, what, what's amazing to me is how fast... Her and some – it's not just her, but she's kind of been the face of face of it since the last World Cup. How fast they've torn down the reputation of the U.S. women's national team. Think back to 1999 and the way that ended. Yeah. And how beloved that team was in America, but I guess you could probably also go back to 1999 and think about how much different America was than it is right now in just that short amount of time. But a big part of the difference is people like her. And so I wonder, do the people at U.S., the, the people that put this together, do they care? Or, or are they on her side? Because... It does feel like a total reboot is necessary in order to, to for for that team to kind of gain back what they've lost perception wise over the last four to eight years. Yeah, and, sports can be, and you mentioned the ninety nine thing, it, and again, it's a totally different world now. But it it can you can see that sports can unify sports can bring people together if you know regardless of political party views whatever it's everyone can come together but on the other side of the coin and rapino is a fine example of this sports can definitely divide and she has magnified that and it's gonna be hard when i say rebuild i mean that's gonna you're gonna have to rebuild that reputation, like you talked, of, like you spoke of. And it's gonna be hard to do that because of her. She has broken it down, and I'm afraid that 
she won't be playing anymore, but she's still going to have a heavy say of what's being done with this national team. And she won't go away. And people just won't care anymore. Which is sad for women's sports and in general, <laughs> in my opinion. It's sad because that this is not what we should be talking about. We should be talking about this game and the field, what happened on the field and what happened and how do they get better. But here we are just talking about the off-the-field stuff. It's because of her, and it's sad. Yeah. Uh, it's. I just read a tweet that the U.S. women's national team has accomplished something that is truly remarkable, and that is they've somehow managed to make a vast majority of the nation that they represent cheer against them. Yep. And, and the truth of it is, when you saw the, all the pregame, Every time they were on the field, the other whoever they were playing, the other nation's national anthem was playing, and the, and it, those the, the ladies on that team were belting it out with so much pride, and ours were just standing there silent. And guess what? That's what makes people not want to root for you. Perfect text. Sam's exactly right. Good riddance. It should be a rule. If you're going to play for the USA on any team or in the Olympics, you have to stand for the anthem and put your hand over your heart. I think a bunch of people feel like that. Because otherwise, for the first time in my lifetime, it felt like a team that was wearing the red, white, and blue didn't give a crap about the red, white, and blue. Weren't playing for America. We're playing for themselves. And guess what? Americans see that. And if there's one thing that can bring to I mean, think about all the different times in Olympics or, or whatever it is brought people together to, to, to root for the country. And for the first time I can remember, bringing this group of ladies together to go play soccer did not do that. It put it 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 brought people together, just against them. Yeah, not the way it's supposed to. So I, I don't know if how much heartbreak there is for a lot of people that they don't have to to be subjected to any more of that. Uh, man, what a weekend on the golf course. Bryson fires fifty eight to win Live Golf Greenbrier. Now listen. The Greenbrier was a PGA was in the was in the PGA Tour rotation up until the last couple of years, and we've seen low scores. It's a shorter course. It's an old, you know what I'm saying. But still, I don't care if you walk over here to the park and shoot 58. Firing 58 is unbelievable golf. And 58 with the bogey, he made 13 birdies in a in a bogey to shoot 12 under par. Uh, so he wins his his uh, live event. Few hours later, I mean, the, the drama of, and and I think it's because you see this every year at the Wyndham Championship. There's somebody on the bubble that's trying to get you know in the playoffs or what have you. I, but I think it was magnified even more because of who it was, because it was one of those guys and Justin Thomas that you don't expect to see in that position. And man, when he made that eagle. On number 15, it was like, okay, breathing. He can breathe now. And then he follows it up with a bogey on the next hole and gets all the way down to number 18. Doesn't hit a very good tee shot. Hits an unbelievable. I, I wish we could have seen a picture from behind the green or a video, you know, to just see how much that ball hooked. I mean, he hit a 70-yard hook to get it right in front of the green. I don't know, you know, the, the announcers, I wonder if he knows where he's at. He had to have known he was oh, close. Yeah. Now, I don't know if he realized he was literally one spot out and had to chip it in at that moment. I just don't know how – there's leaderboards and there's projected standings all over the place. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he knew when he hit that chip shot he had to make it. Or he knew standing on number 18T he had to make a birdie right. or whatever it might be. But for that to transpire the way it did with his chip, I mean – inches if he just hits it at, at an inch less in the air then when it gets to the hole and hits the pin 
Maybe it's not spinning the same way. Maybe it just wedges in between the flag and the front of the hole. But I mean, just and just incredible theater for a guy that was going to finish somewhere in the top ten. But I mean, it it was. I thought that was more fascinating than who was going to win the tournament. To I be honest too. with you, yeah, he's taken this the way I, it, he's taken it very well. The, his reaction when he missed. I mean, that's what I would do. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just oh, you know, drop my club and fall down on the ground and and laugh about. It. He had a smile on his face, and then you see, I guess his tweet afterwards. It was fun, and you know, d- d- this year didn't go my way, and but hey, I had fun playing golf, and that's what it's all about. And he's been taking it in stride and in good reaction to it. But it, it yeah, it made for great, great theater. And, and, and out of all of it, his grandma was there. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so I get, you know, he goes and hugs his grandma. <laughs> That's pretty cool. It was. It, it was awesome. It, it it didn't work out. It was almost better theater that he didn't chip it in. Yeah. You know, because you got to kind of, you got to see the, the anguish part of it instead. Of, you know, we, we see you know, reactions of winning all the time, but the, to, to him, for him to react that way in a, in a disappointing fashion. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. And then of course, Bryson was just, that's just nuts. Man, 58 is super good. What now, was his payout? Did you say? Yeah. Four. Really? Yeah. Four million. Yeah. I, I would have reacted. You see his yeah. reaction. <laughs> Phil was, Phil was kind of gigging him on Twitter. Because it looked like the jump that Phil made down at Augusta when he won his first major in 2004, and like you know, you immediately saw the who did it better, like who wore it better, <laughs> Phil or Bryson with the jump. Uh, but now all eyes turn. What, what does that do? Does that do anything in the mind of one Zach Johnson when it comes to the Ryder Cup picks that'll be coming here in the next couple of weeks? Maybe. You know, it, it was. It's not the same place. It's not the same course. It's hard to compare and contrast. But when you do what Bryson did, and and as hallowed as that number 59 is, and then to to do even one better with a 58, I think that raises eyebrows in a way that just winning the tournament wouldn't have. There's just something, something special about doing what he did and so now you, you wonder if that's going to affect where Zach Johnson's headed. I, I, it, there, there's a team aspect about it. There's a, you know, it's not just about who's playing the best right now. There, there is, there is a team part of that that matters. And for years and years, the Europeans have figured that out, and the Americans really haven't. You know, it seems like the Europeans are a team. The Americans are a collection of really good golfers. Well, this last time at Whistling Straits, when when America, the U.S. just smoked Europe, for the first time in a long time, it felt like there was kind of a, a change happening for the Americans on that team. And, I, and a big part of it to me was it was a way younger team than we had seen in years and years and years. You know, the Tigers, the Phils, those guys were out. The Scotty Schefflers. JT, Speed, the you know, Colin Morikawa, the, all those guys were in. And so it's a hard decision, I think, for Zach Johnson coming up because he's going to have to accept the fact that if he takes Justin Thomas on this team and Justin Thomas does not perform at all, then Zach Johnson is going to. I mean, it's, it's going to be the only time he ever gets a chance to do this, and he, you know what I mean. It's it's all on his shoulders by making what he thinks is the right choice, but also the harder one in, in actually taking JT. This week helped. Obviously, he showed some form that he hadn't shown in a while, but it's still when other guys that are kind of in the same boat as him, you start looking at the results and in what Bryson did and what Bryson's done at some different majors. PGA he was top five. He was kind of around in the U.S. Open, kind of around in the Open. I mean, his form has been better. But to the other guys on the team, would they rather have Bryson or Justin Thomas? Yeah. You know, there's and some, you know my answer would be. Uh, there's, with, yeah. there's something to be said about that part of it as well that I think 
in that uh, the Americans after last time maybe finally understood a little bit better of gosh if we're, if we're all kind of pulling on the same rope this thing turns out a little bit better than it does when it feels like it's just guys yeah that are hanging out but it's a cool weekend no doubt about that when we come back conference realignment is it over how long is it over for what in the world just happened all things conference realignment next. It's Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. It's almost here. In motion is Patton. It's going to be that trap play to Garbarino up the middle. That's the 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Big Elks! Cooper Garbarino, 77 yards. We're closing in on the start of Big Elk football, which means Big Elk TV will be on the air before you know it. Wynn and Garza are the running backs. Jones under center. Austin, snap, turn, hand off to Wynn. Jaden piles toward. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. You'll be able to watch and see if Coach Maynard's brown and white clad Elks can continue their winning ways. Snap back, play action, lobs it toward the end zone. He's got a man. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. Tucker Garza. To get your business on the Big Elk TV screen, call 225-9696 or stop by our office at 220 South Pioneer. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal hanging out on a Monday. By the way, still plenty of time to get signed up for the Western Oklahoma Realty College Pick'em Contest. We've done this for the last couple of years. This year, the prize package has grown unlike ever before. So what is what you're asking? Well, what is the Western Oklahoma Realty College Pick'em? Well, it is a season-long picks contest against the spread in college football. We start on the Labor Day weekend and go all the way through the conference championship weekend. The game just picks you ten games. You you decide who you want to pick against the spread, and um, it keeps track of it throughout the season. The winner this year will receive $400. Cold, hard cash at stake in the Western Oklahoma Realty College Pick'em Contest. $400 for first, $200 for second, $100 for third, and then also $100 for whoever gets last but picks every game. So you don't even have to be good at it. You could be horrible at it and walk away with money. It's free to sign up. I've got the link posted on our Skinny on Sports Facebook page. I'll probably I'll refresh that um, to resend that out. ESPN's website is kind of who hosts the the game or what have you, but it's easy. If you click that link on our Skinny on Sports Facebook page, it takes you right to our group, uh, which is the Western Oklahoma Realty College Pick'em 2023. Thank you to Tyler Harrison. Robbie Allen, all the gang at Western Oklahoma Realty. People before property is their motto. It's also the group message uh, in the game. So come play. It, it's it's literally cost you nothing to have a chance to win four hundred bucks. Twenty one in, entered already. That'll go up. Oh yeah. And you can already make picks for week one. You can. Picks are already up. Picks are available for week one. Now we'll be talking about it all season long. And and the good news is for the I think it'll be just as much fun to look at the bottom of this thing as it will the top. Figure out who can continue to be right. terrible at it. Yeah. Because here's the truth. It's just as hard to miss them all as it is to get them all right. It really is. It is. I agree. All right, Jared. Although I'll give it a valiant effort. <laughs> <laughs> When we left on on Friday, uh, the show ended at least. I think we were both. I don't. Nobody really knew exactly what was coming uh, with the conference realignment. The Big Ten presidents and chancellors were just about to hop on a meeting. Uh, you know, during the show, there was tweets flying back and forth, this and that. Then it, everything went silent for about an hour, hour and a half during that meeting. 
And then all of a sudden coming out of it, the announcement was made that Oregon and Washington uh, had been accepted into the Big Ten. They were going at a reduced um, share of the money, but still going. And then that opened the door. Arizona already felt like they were going to be a part of the Big 12, basically no matter what. But then as soon as Oregon and Washington jumped, Arizona was in the in the Big 12. And heck, by the end of the afternoon, so were Arizona State and Utah. So it turns out that five schools was six, counting Colorado, that had already left. Six schools vacate the, the Pac-12. They only had 10 anyway, with UCLA and USC leaving after this year. And so now we're down to four Pac-12 schools. The Big 12 miraculously has hit 16. 18 for the pack t- uh, the, the uh, Big 10 SEC's done nothing yet just kind of give me your your overall thoughts about what in the world happened last well, week well that was a whirlwind on friday it, it all all came down and the question was i i felt somebody was coming but then boom by the end of the day uh, it was three coming to the Big 12 and then of course the two going to the Big 10 it's crazy it just shows you how poorly ran the pack 12 was or is um, the they did not like the deal. Those schools did not like the deal uh, from Apple TV and, and all of that. Uh, now I question is Apple TV go, uh, wait a minute. We, I wonder if there's any kind of uh, verbiage that says we made this deal with the understanding that we are going to get schools like Oregon and Washington and Utah in this. Now they're gone. You got four left. We need to rethink this or, or readjust this. Real real curious what's going to happen in the Pac-12. Um, but all those schools that, that left, I think, made a wise decision. And kudos to the Big 12. I mean, how many opportunities? There's two. There's two big opportunities Pac-12 had to poach the Big 12 and inflict what's happening to the Pac-12 onto the Big 12. The first back when... Uh, the mass exodus happened in the Big 12 in Nebraska, Missouri, and them who left. Pac-12 had their opportunity, and they they didn't do it. They they could have taken like four teams from the Big 12. And then when OU and Texas decided to leave, they could have done it again, and they stand pat and didn't do it. So they've kind of, I mean, dug their own grave with this, with the lack of uh, of being progressive in this conference realignment world that we live in now. So, but those teams that left, I mean, this makes the Big 12 look a lot better than what I thought they were when they brought in those first four teams last year. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the the crazy thing about it is twice, once with and then once without, uh, but back in, you know, their early 2010s, 2010, whatever, you know, in there, the Pac-12 had a chance to save themselves by letting Oklahoma and Texas come into the league. Right. And didn't. And so then the second time, I mean, if you're not going to take OU in Texas, which there's, you know, there's some back and forth about what really happened back then. If, if it ended up just being, they didn't want to do it. They being the schools and decided to kind of do what they did. But, but if you wouldn't take those two in, in the group of teams, then it's probably shouldn't be surprising you wouldn't take it, the others in, in whatever form that was. But from the the one thing that this shows, so the Pac-12 is dead as we know it because they were too hoity-toity to take Oklahoma and Texas in a, in a group of others at one point and then you know a group that didn't include those two at another point. And the Big 12 is alive. And and I and I think in a position to thrive, mm-hmm. because they were willing to take Cincinnati, UCF, Houston, and BYU. <laughs> the, the the juxtaposition there is fascinating, because if if anybody had a choice of let's say OU, Texas, OSU, and Tech, or Cincinnati, UCF. BYU and Houston, you would take the first group all day, every day, and twice on Sunday. And the Pac-12 could have and didn't, and now they're crushed. 
because the Big 12 did. I think that is just amazing to me that that's the way it worked out. So if you're the Big 12 at this point, like what's next? Because it's clear that Brett Yormark is on the cutting edge of that. I mean, he is, you know, you've heard Gonzaga, you've heard UConn for, for basketball purposes. I think he's one of the very, very few guys involved with any of this that actually has that actually puts just a tick some sort of value on basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> no one else seems to, but he does. And we'll see if he's right about that or not later on down the line. But what's what do you, if you're the Big 12, what do you do now? Well, you don't want to you know, stand back and and let other team other schools go to other conferences. And he's been as as evident, he's been very proactive in reaching out, gauging the interest of other schools. I just don't know at this point who could that be. I mean, could it be a Gonzaga or a UConn for the basketball purposes? Could it be a, a – here's what I think could happen, and I, I know one of the questions is what's going to happen with the rest of these Pac-12 schools, the remaining four. But I think we could start seeing a lot more schools being added in so, okay, you're a Big 12 basketball-only school. Yeah. Or, or you know, we, there's no value in UConn football. I mean, does Gonzaga even have a football st- – I don't think they do. I mean, but – so it could be a different – okay, th- okay, we got our football schools in this conference. I mean, you see it in wrestling. You see it in other sports. I think that's where he might be leaning towards. But as far as – but for football, though, I, I don't see anyone else – who could they go get? San Diego State, I mean... Yeah, I mean, the San Diego State, Oregon State has been... I read this weekend that people put that out there. Then some others from the Big 12 side said, eh, not so fast. They're not... They haven't spoke. But a lot of times when when that starts happening, then they really have. Or... Or do you just wait? I mean, waiting... there's, There's pros and cons to it, clearly. Because if you wait around too long, you get passed by. Right, that's what I was saying. But... And then I know there's the question. A lot of these conferences, obviously SEC bringing in OU and Texas and the Big Ten doing what they're doing, of course, Big 12. You know, ACC, what have they been doing? Well, that's – could, could everybody be waiting – and I'm talking waiting like for years until their deal starts to break down and then you can then they start going like the SEC. I bet you SEC would have no problem bringing in a couple from the ACC, Florida State, Clemson, schools like that. And I can see the Big 12 saying, you know what, we need to help out Central Florida – Let's get in Miami. Let's get somebody that a little bit more geographically friendly for them. And yeah. we're down there on the in the East Coast, outside of just West Virginia and Central Florida. We get more of that market. Yeah, all the way up. Uh, yeah, from you know the West Virginia, Cincinnati, UCF are kind of out there a little bit by themselves right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, if you could if you could add whatever, it, it almost doesn't matter if it's an, if it's the ACC. That's going to help with that, mm-hmm. you know, alleviate that problem, no matter who it is, almost. In your mark, he would probably want someone like Virginia just for their basketball program. Well, I was going to, you know, <laughs> it, it it seems like when you start when you when you start to hear, okay, Virginia and North Carolina to the Big Ten because of the schools, you know, and the fit, then does that leave FSU and Clemson, anybody else that the, that the SEC would want, but. If you're the if you're the Big Twelve, that, those that's fine. Okay, we'll take Pitt. That'll help West Virginia and Cincinnati. Yeah, Miami. You know, I, I think Miami's probably a little bit more attractive to the Big Twelve than a lot of other than the others because you know Big Twelve has Baylor, Big Twelve has BYU. You know, they they've already kind of delved into the the private the small private school, mm-hmm. whereas everybody else doesn't outside of I guess Vandy. But Miami would be probably more attractive to the Big Twelve than than others. You know, it, it's just, is it Georgia Tech? Is it Virginia Tech? You know, what you know group of say four of those teams? And then all of a sudden you look up and you go, okay, you've got we got like six or seven over here. We got six or seven over here. We got three or four or five over here. You know, geographically, all of a sudden that really starts to make a lot more sense, even though it's spread out there's at least enough in each kind of quadrant to where 
the 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 travel, and it's not really even football. Football is whatever, but the travel during the week for the basketball teams, for the baseball teams, it becomes a little bit easier because you're kind of more regionalized within the the larger of the conference. So, if it's me, and and I understand the allure of getting on the West Coast or staying on the West Coast if you're ESPN. I mean, I'd, I'd read that that they were a little bit upset. Big 12, I mean, because now Fox essentially owns the West Coast because of the deal that they struck with the Big 10. And now with, with USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington, the preeminent schools out there, that's kind of shut ESPN out, out West. So I, I but, but does Oregon State and San Diego State do anything about that? Not really. Get you the time zone, I guess. But if I but if I'm the Big Twelve, I'm focusing more east and being absolutely prepared to pounce on any ACC team that comes. Up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, being ready to roll a lot like what he was with the Pac, when the Pac-12 started to go away. And then, of course, it, there's that one last that one last school. And that's Notre Dame. Anybody would take them, obviously. At some point, are they going to have to be in a conference or not? Not so far. I. They're. I. I'm sure they're getting phone calls. Oh, Anytime yeah. there's conference realignment, there's they're probably. Oh, everyone's calling them probably first, going, still in no interest? Just checking. Mm-hmm. You still? Not yet? Okay, we'll call next week, you know. And there's been no discussion, no rumors, nothing of them uh, through this recent cycle of re- realignment. You haven't heard anything. And it just tells me they're happy where they're at. Oh, I think they'll do it as long as they possibly exactly, can. Exactly, as long as they possibly can. And especially, it got the the scheduling agreement, I guess, with the ACC – I mean, they're not really a member of the ACC, but they play some games, and, and they're, I mean, didn't they play in the ACC title game? Uh, COVID year. Yeah. They allowed them. They allowed them in, you know, it's, but they're, they're really not ACC in football. Now, the other sports, they are. Right. The other sports, they absolutely are in the ACC, but not football. They play, what, five or six games every year, the scheduling agreement with the ACC, which helps Notre Dame immensely to, because with the way that everything has kind of transpired, it's harder and harder to get those games because there's fewer and fewer like them. Mm-hmm. No, it used to be, you know, before Miami got in a conference, before now BYU in a conference, you know, there's those games out there for independents to play each other, and those are kind of drying up a little bit. And then with the, with the way that – you know, USC has always been a game. I wonder how pumped up USC is about playing Notre Dame out of conference every year when they've got to now play eight, nine, ten Big Ten games. That may not be quite as attractive to them to play. And, of course, we still don't know what the playoff's going to be now. Yeah, how does gonna, this affect – how does all this affect the way the playoff – does it not? The problem is with losing that conference, you know what that does? It essentially opens up the door for now another little guy. Yeah. No, is it still going to be the the, the six conferences? The, the, you know, the, the six highest ranked conference champs? Um, is, the Pac, is, is the Pac-12 able to salvage something? To try to keep a seat at that table, because you you would like you would, you would assume that as much as we're sitting here talking about Oregon State and and San Diego State potentially to the Big Twelve or rumors that are out there, if you're George Kliakov, you have to be on the phone. If you if your idea is to save that conference at all, you are calling right now. You are calling San Diego State, Boise, Colorado State, Air Force, name them down the line to try to keep that together. And here's another question. Does Stanford even know anything happened yet? 
They've been kind of – Like, have they just been in hibernation? Them and the bears, the yeah. cow bears, are yeah. they just hibernating through the summertime? Do they even know they don't really have a conference anymore? Do they have to be in – I mean, Stanford would seem hoity-toited enough to where they would rather be independent than right. be in that second-rate, quote-unquote, conference. And that's where I think could happen to the remaining Pac-12 schools – I think they, there will be a conference of just basketball, like a Gonzaga, Stanford, San Diego State, all those along the West Coast. But then Stanford say, okay, we'll just be independent football. And same with the others too, unless yeah. they find a home. I think someone like like a Washington State, Oregon State, could wind up like in the Mountain West. Yeah, that I think that's. I think they they need a conference, but there's. And again, it goes back to my opinion of the West Coast and, and some of those schools, they just don't value football and athletics as a whole as as much as other schools do, other parts of the country do. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Stanford and Cal are different than Washington State, Oregon State. I mean, I think Washington State, Oregon State would 100%, however it goes, merge with the Mountain West, call it the Pac-12, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever it is, yeah. the Pacific Conference. I think that they would one million percent be in for that. Stanford and Cal that that may be a little bit different because of you know who they are as schools and you know just kind of their perception. But guess what? Their attitudes are the reason they're in this predicament right now because they were thought they were too good. Now it turns out they're not good enough. I think it's fascinating how it changes what the playoff will look like, too. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, they're going to have to change the parameters of all that. Yeah. And, and it's hard to even think of that right now with the looming – I mean, it's, it feels like at any moment you could see a tweet that Florida State and eight other teams are leaving the ACC <laughs> to try to get it to implode. Right. I don't think the networks want that. No. I'll tell you why when we come back. Skinny on Sports right here on the Sports Animal. It's almost here. In motion is Patton. It's going to be that trap play to Garbarino up the middle. That's a 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown! Big outs! Cooper Garbarino, 77 yards. We're closing in on the start of Big Elk football, which means Big Elk TV will be on the air before you know it. Wynn and Garza are the running backs. Jones under center. Austin, snap, turn, hand off to win. Jaden piles toward. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. You'll be able to watch and see if Coach Maynard's brown and white clad Elks can continue their winning ways. Snap back, play action, lobs it toward the end zone. He's got a man. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. Tucker Garza. To get your business on the Big Elk TV screen, call 225-9696 or stop by our office at 220 South Pioneer. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Wrapping up the show on a Monday. Don't forget that Western Oklahoma Realty College. Pick them. Get in. I'll, uh, it's on our Skinny on Sports Facebook page, a link to the group. I'll resend that out uh, today. We kind of refresh it. But gee, that's all you got to do is just follow the link, sign up, and then wait till the uh, – First weekend of the college football season, the real first weekend on Labor Day, and start making picks, make them all season long, and you could be four hundred dollars richer. Four hundred for first, two hundred for second, a hundred for third, and guess what? If you're terrible at it, you also have a chance to win uh, because whoever picks every game and is the worst in the standings, they'll get a hundred dollars too. It's going to be a lot of fun. It was last year. We ended up with what? We were like right around the eighty mark, I think, last year. Yeah, we had a lot. So. I would be a little bit disappointed if we don't venture into triple digits this season with that awesome prize pack. Yes. Brought to you brought to you by both Western Oklahoma Realty and one of our listeners. He does not want any credit for it, so we're not going to give it to him. But we appreciate that. <laughs> uh, no doubt about it. Um, okay, so you have not heard... The radio call? The radio call of the Tim Anderson 
Jose Ramirez fight at this moment? I have not heard it. You've not heard it. Let me. Okay, I was going to see how it's if we had to play any ads. All right, here we go. This is uh, what did I tell you. His name Hamilton was his first was his last name. Uh, Tom Hamilton is going to be on the call here uh, from what Saturday night, Cleveland hosting the Chicago White Sox. First slide, safe, and in to score is Jimenez. And another hustle double right over the bag at first. Now Hosey and Anderson square off. They're fighting. They're swinging. Down goes Anderson. Down goes Anderson. Ramirez went in with a head first slide. Hosey never gets upset about anything. They came up chewing. Anderson squared off. Hosey decked him. Wow. That is perfect. <laughs> I, guess, uh, I was reading some tweets yesterday um, of some different baseball writers. And they all, Every one of them said no matter what clubhouse they were in across baseball, if they had a dollar for every time they heard somebody yell, "Down goes Anderson!" <laughs> so it was making its way wow. uh, across baseball as well. But that—that's just, you know, what it reminds me a little bit of um, Kevin Harlan. Yeah, I think we have that one still. Uh, da, 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 da. It reminds me a little bit of this one. I think this is from the Super Bowl. Twenty five oh three to go. Someone has run on the field. Some guy with a brawl. And now he's not being chased. He's running down the middle of the 40. Arms in the air and a victory salute. He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. Pull up those pants. He's being chased to the 30. He breaks a tackle from a security guard. The 20, down the middle, the 10, the 5. He slides at the 1, and they converge on him at the goal line. Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man. And the players with hands on hips at the other end of the field are looking at him and shaking their head and saying, why, oh, why is this taking place in a Super Bowl? <laughs> uh, great stuff. Great stuff. No, in baseball, though, you're Rangers, man. Yeah, it, um, when they got healthy over the weekend, and I was hoping that they would, uh, the game I was at Saturday night, I mean, came alive after getting down five to nothing and win that game because of three home runs. One, the go-ahead home run from Josh Young. Sure, it's a, it's nice they're winning, but the bad news: Josh Young going out with a fractured thumb yesterday in a win. Uh, that's I people describe it as devastating. I I won't go that far. It, it's devastating the fact that that probably cost him the Rookie of the Year award. But um. We'll see how – got to replace that production. I mean, the kid can hit. He can play great defense over there on the corner. We'll see what happens. Hopefully it's not a, a, a big loss. And I believe it was Simeon who um, might sit out for a couple more games, uh, still nursing back his thumb injury. So, But it's nice. I mean, the two uh, big gets for the Rangers, Scherzer and uh, Montgomery, got wins in their debut. Hopefully that continues on on the mound. John Gray look. I mean, Saturday night, even though he gave or afternoon he gave up five runs, but they left him in there. That the trust in him, and he actually got the win because he was in there when they got the lead. It's nice. We'll we'll see if it keeps going. It helps that the Angels are just horrible now. Uh, it looks like they've gambled and they're already losing bad. Um, they're gonna have to keep uh, Houston at bay. Seems like every time Houston or Rangers win. Houston wins and vice versa. So they're just going to be kind of neck and neck right there. And it's going to be a fun, fun, wild chase for that uh, AL West title between those two teams. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. It, <clears throat> But the injury, though, that the Josh Young injury, and it to me, I haven't seen any kind of timetable. Yeah, I never did tell, either. tells me he's probably done for the year. Hate that. The one, you know, the saving grace a little bit for whoever doesn't win the West is there's some teams that have fallen apart a little bit that were in the in the hunt kind of right below there for the wild card. One of them is the the Angels, six straight losses. They haven't won since the trade deadline. 
You know, the Yankees have kind of fallen back a little bit. The Red Sox have fallen back a little bit. And so now there, there's a little bit of breathing room available for one of those two teams. But Texas, kudos to them. They haven't lost the lead yet. When it looked like you know Houston was just they got streaking team, yeah. right there. They got they got close, but they were always were at least one ahead in the loss column or behind, however we want to look at it. And now they've now they're three uh three games difference in the loss column. And with only fifty games left, I mean, sure that can turn around, but still that they've they've done a really nice job of kind of just treading water. And then turning things back around and, and with, with six straight wins. It's amazing what's happened right here at the, after the deadline. So the Angels uh, the Angels are winless since the trade deadline. The Mets, winless. Which that one's probably not as surprising because of who they got rid of. Mm-hmm. The Angels tried to do it the other way. You know, Cincinnati wondered what would happen. They just kind of came on out of nowhere. They've now lost six straight. Haven't won since the trade deadline. Same as the uh, Diamondbacks. So those those two teams that we've been talking about as the surprise teams, especially in the National League, maybe kind of fallen back to the mean a little bit after playing really well. And still, there's still time. I mean, they're only two games behind Milwaukee in the loss column. Cincinnati is. Diamondbacks are in way more trouble. Ten ten behind uh, the Dodgers, so they'd be looking really at a wild card spot anyhow. But to me, it's the, the the Cubs and the Rangers are the two teams that have kind of feel like have taken whatever momentum they got from those trades or it's kind of refocused them. And they're the two that have kind of separated themselves around baseball. Mariners as well. And they didn't really do anything. I mean, they almost really was a seller. But, you know, they've they've come out of nowhere, 8-2 and two over the last 10, won five straight. And all of a sudden you look up and it was the Angels kind of nipping at the Astros' heels uh, that's been changed. Uh, it's been uh, switched around to Seattle again, uh, doing that. So it's going to be fun. The last fifty games, isn't it a lot more fun, Jared, when your team is of course 20, oh. 20 above five hundred instead of looking at trying not to lose a hundred games. Right, and and I've always been a baseball fan. Always had my finger on the pulse. But it is fun when your team that you root for is winning, and and winning in August, and it, it's. I'm paying so much more attention to it, not just them, but around, you know, what's Houston doing, what, what what's the rest of the league doing, that, I mean, Thursday night's preseason football game completely slipped my mind. You know right. what I mean? It, that's Because usually it's, all right, when's football going to start? Rangers are horrible. I can't stand this. I need something else. And, and I mean, Dallas, they, they play Saturday, right? So it makes the summer a lot fun more fun when your team is winning this is a lot of fun hopefully they can keep going all the way to october it's looking increasingly more and more likely that they will key series for them and they go they're on the west coast oakland and san francisco san francisco could be a good series but the one everyone's going to look at is the series they got one more three-game series with houston in arlington the first week of september and that place will probably be rocking and by the way that stadium i recommend it yeah it is amazing and i know it really helps when teams are winning but it had a full crowd it felt like um air conditioned (laughs) it was like 108 in arlington on saturday and you felt it walking from the hotel to as soon as that door opened poof my wife's like oh this is great this is great she had a good time I recommend a trip to Arlington and go check out a game. Yeah, I haven't heard anything but great things about it. It is a great stadium. Good stuff. That'll close us out for a Monday. I think we've maybe finally moved past the conference realignment. I think it's it's simmering down for a little bit. I think it's done. No, next summer, who knows? Everybody have a great Monday. We'll be back tomorrow at Skinny on Sports right here on the Sports Animal. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back goodbye. 
It's almost here. In motion is Patton. It's going to be that trap play to Garbarino up the middle. That's a 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Big Elks! Cooper Garbarino, 77 yards. We're closing in on the start of Big Elk football, which means Big Elk TV will be on the air before you know it. Wynn and Garza are the running backs. Jones under center. Austin, snap, turn, hand off to win. Jaden piles toward. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. You'll be able to watch and see if Coach Maynard's brown and white clad Elks can continue their winning ways. Snap back, play action, lobs it toward the end zone. He's got a man. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. Tucker Garza. To get your business on the Big Elk TV screen, call 225-9696 or stop by our office at 220 South Pioneer.